Welcome to Podcast, the business of dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. Podcast delivers the best business advice, real life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host. Welcome to this episode of Podcast. Uh, my name is Amelia Wright. I'm joined again today by Nikki Rowland, who's talking to us uh, for the second piece about the five R's of recovery. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Amelia. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. And you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Super duper busy, but all good and loving it, actually. Good, good. Good, good position to be in at the moment. Yes, it is. It is. Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks for joining us again. Um, obviously, we've, we've done our first recording on Regroup, which was really interesting. Um, so as we mentioned previously, today we were looking at Resolve. Um, so we're going to delve a bit deeper into that um, and see, uh, you know, find out a bit more about it following on from, as we've mentioned before, the article that you've, you've done on the five hours of recovery. Um, so just kind of to kick off, um, we talk about resolve. So what do you mean resolving? Why is that important? So, you know, in what context are we looking at resolve? What is resolve in terms of, you know, what we're looking at within the five hours of recovery? As I said in group, Amelia, the human default is to actually go organs blazing. But actually, when we were given the green light to go back into work on the 4th of June, we were given very much a clean slate or an opportunity to have a clean slate and start from the bottom up again. So part of, part of the five hours is regroup, as we talked about last time, and actually getting your team back on board and building that trust. But resolve is about looking back historically to any issues that we had um, in the business, and it could be anything to do with the business, the turnover, issues with suppliers, labs, team members, patients, anything, your compliance, it's looking back and thinking, actually, pre-COVID, what were we having issues with? Because we don't want those issues there lurking in the background when we're facing a very different way of working, potential adversity in the future, because by brushing things under the carpet, they can actually become quite a, a major issue that undermine your business moving forward. So for me, it's about wiping the slate clean, resolving all those issues that were there before, then you can move forwards and, and, and be clear in your mind, there's nothing gonna be holding you back. You can actually drive your business forwards and you, you know there's, there's no barriers to doing it. Does that right. make sense? It makes, yes, yes, it, it, it does. Um, it makes perfect sense. And I guess that's where you're coming to, to talk about that and help out with that. Because I think probably a lot of people are thinking, well, we've got all this going on. Um, and what we're looking at there is previous problems, whereas we're coming back in and do we just need to focus on we're coming back in and there is a new way of working. So do we just get our head around that? So, yeah, it's, as you say, it's probably it's almost juggling all of those those elements of we've got the opportunity let's kind of let's look at that and do something about it now absolutely it is and you know you can compartmentalize issues that you might have 
into team, business, finance, patience, compliance, whatever it might be. And, and I think the two things that I'm seeing the biggest problems with, Amelia, is team members. And right. To be fair, so quite a, a big focus in Resolve is talking about those two issues, particularly. I cover off everything, but with compliance, I think a lot of compliance has actually gone by the wayside. Yeah. And I work a lot in the world of compliance. And when people come to me, uh, potential clients will go, well, oh, it's, it, we've forgotten all about compliance. We're, all our audits are out of date. We, you know, we do our risk assessments or you know, they're well overdue. We haven't done any uh, surveys with patients or staff. We just don't know where we're, we're at with it. You know, can you help us out? And it is so important to do this now, particularly your auditing. Mm-hmm. Because your audits are your tool in your business to flag up any issues, but also highlight what you're doing well. Very good point. It's your monitoring tool. It's helping you look at your standards. If you are highlighting any discrepancies or areas for improvement, you could fill those gaps. Yes. And, and it's resolving the issue straight away. As soon as you highlight what the issue is, bang, you can deal with it. Yeah. With risk assessments, potentially it's highlighting any risks to safe delivery of care that can be mitigated to, to then negate any further problems in the future. So yeah. I think a lot of teams have thought, actually, don't have time for that. We've got a new SOP. We really just need to crack on and deal with what's ahead of us. And yes. we'll do all the compliance stuff later. But the, the other reason that I'm very much um, wanting to help people with this is that CQC have just brought in their transitional uh, monitoring approach. Yes, yes, seen that come out. And, that so they are still going to be carrying out their inspections but they're going to be virtual so i think any of us at any time need to be ready to take that phone call from the cpc and they will expect us to be up to date so i think resolving any issues within compliance that you might have making sure that you've ironed out any issues that you raise as a result of doing audits risk assessments and surveys and they, there are actually very specific questions they're going to ask. So if any of you viewers do want access to the CQC document, it is on their site, um, but I can, also, I can also send you a link if you want to ping that out as well. Yeah, we can certainly include that in, in yes. when we put this out. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be good just to highlight to people that there, there is a change. Um, but I interviewed John Milne from CQC not so long ago, and what is happening behind the scenes at CQC is they're moving towards a very supportive model. And I'm sure that's music to everybody's ears. Yes. <laughs> talk about that all day, but that's not what we're talking about. Let's go back to resolve. Um, and solving issues in your team. As we said in Regroup, so many different personalities who can bring different issues to the table. Um, so I think it's it's really looking at your team and what kind of issues did you have with them that could be catalyzed enhanced um, as a result of the the increased pressure and anxiety in and around the new ways of working yes and i think the, the starting point is regroup and we talked about the interviews in regroup and how you get to know each team member and and what if they are 
highlighting to you their anxieties, what, you know, their limiting beliefs, what's undermining them at work, you can then put some kind of support mechanism in place to then mitigate any further issues and, and help to smooth things out for them. As yes, and I guess that's what you're saying. It's 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 mitigating it before you know, you, you're in yeah. that position where they're off sick or something's happened yeah. or you, you've dropped the ball on something. Uh, absolutely. It's picking up on issues. And, and for me, it's being a visible leader at the moment. So you're looking and seeing, you're listening and hearing what's going on around you. If you know a lot of team members, particularly if they're, if they're not in a good place, become your problem person. So it's yes. actually nipping things in the bud and resolving issues because before they come, you know, be the grenade in the mix, as it as, yes. as it were. So getting to know your people all over again, putting action plans in place. I'm going to be talking about retraining on another of the five R's. So yes. again, it, it all interlinks together. But, I, you know, I, I'm a great believer in not brushing issues under the carpet. I think it's, you know, shaking that carpet, you know, a bit of dust might fly around, a bit of fluff here and there. But actually, when it settles and you resolve things, you can, you can sweep it all away and you've got a blank slate to start with. How, how lovely is that, you know, to be able to start from the bottom up with a committed team because they trust you. They know you're taking a consistent approach. You're doing what you're saying on the tin as a leader. You, you know, they know compliance is watertight and you're looking after them, but you're also looking after the patients. And then they can rest easy as well. Knowing yes, you have, as a sorry, leader, yeah, you have, sorry, I was just going to say that. You haven't got that hanging over you. So yeah. as you say. Yeah, and, and the team, from a, a, the point of view of a team, and I've run a team uh, and it's no yeah. mean it's difficult some days but I think if you build that trust with your team and they know that you're there to help handhold and you will help resolve issues they will get on with their work knowing that there's that support mechanism there and one of the things I really do advocate when you are resolving issues particularly in your team is empathetic listening they, some, some leaders are good they're attentive listeners they listen to their team but that team member can walk away thinking, actually, I don't think I was really fully understood there. So empathetic listening for me is the three Fs. I don't know if you've heard of the three Fs, feel, felt, found. No, I haven't heard of that. So a conversation might go something like this. I understand how you feel or have a good understanding of how you feel because I have felt a similar way in a similar situation. But what I found was if I did this, this and this and this, I overcame that, that barrier, that hurdle. I, I was able to jump that hurdle and get on with a good day's work. So Brilliant. putting yourself in your team member's shoes, that's the bottom line. And I think any great leader is very, very good at that. Hey, that, that I mean, which makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, yeah. and if you can actually create that human connection with each of your team members it really helps to to negate any problems any issues because they know that they can trust you to come and talk to you about any problems that they're having in the business and if you've got new recruits coming into into your practice again you know when you've got a new recruit and they're 
they're busy, that they're quite nervous in a new environment and getting to know people around them. Be, knowing that there's that support mechanism there, firstly, it's, it irons out problems that might arise in the future, but um, you, you know they know that they can come and ask you three or four times if they're not understanding it, because nervous people, as research shows, if they're very, very nervous, they only retain 10% of what you're saying to them. So you can do a really rigorous induction program with a new person, but you might still have underperformance issues and problems to resolve. And, and again, it goes full circle, Amelia, because if you're not doing your audits, you're not doing your risk assessments, you're not monitoring your standards, underperformance can be very much underground. Yeah. And it's hidden. And then yeah. later on down the line, once you start picking up with audits and risk assessments, you've suddenly got a big problem on your hands. Yeah, which is escalated out of control by that, by that stage. So resolving is mitigating those problems from happening or trying, well, endeavouring to iron things out as quickly as possible and deal with it in the moment if something does occur. Brilliant. You know, that's, you know, again, it's like we spoke about in Greek regroup, isn't it? It's probably things when you say it out loud, you go, oh, of course that makes sense, but it's not necessarily something we think about or stop and take stock of. You know, it's really important to kind of think of, you know, the bigger picture where you're saying you can mitigate something. Why wouldn't you do that? Exactly. Why, why wait for the horse to bolt and then have to go? Yeah, chase the, it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So in and, terms of um, sorry. Sorry, Amelia. No, no, it's fine. I was just I was just going to um, talk to you a bit more detail about um, something that we I'd picked up on in the the article that you'd um, you'd written about um, and that's in the, the five hours of recovery um, was something about positive conflict. So we're mm -hmm. talking about kind of you know getting on with your staff, getting on with your patients, things like that. But when we hear conflict, um, we don't usually put the word positive with it. So uh, I was wondering, could, could you tell me a bit more about that? Sure. Um, I think those people who listen to Regroup will understand this better, perhaps, um, because we talked about building trust in your team. Yeah. And so there is a psychological model um, that a chap called Patrick Lencioni, who's written some amazing books as well, who, who, you know, the leaders out there might want to read. But he talks about the five dysfunctions of a team. Right. Like a triangle. At the bottom, he's saying you will have issues in your team and problems with your team members if you don't build that trust right at the bottom. That's your foundations of everything. So that's why regroup is so essential because it's building that trust. Yeah. What he's saying is if you have that trust, there isn't fear of conflict in the business. When I talk, if you have a, a team without trust, their defences are always up. So if you have to go and have a conversation with them about a performance issue or a problem that you, you've highlighted, things that they're not doing, their defences will go up. And in their mind, it's negative conflict. You're having a go at them. You're finger pointing. You got that trust at the baseline, which we cover off in regroup. You have positive conflict. You can have that open and honest conversation with your team member and you can say to them you're a really valued team member you're doing an amazing job however yesterday I went into into your surgery 
and, and just did a spot check in surgery and there's some out of date pouches in the drawers yeah is there is is there a reason for that am i giving you enough time to do these jobs and and, and do rotation of your pouches because again because the, the pace of work is slower in the business at the moment you you know you might not be using the amount of um instruments that you were using before so my, things might get pushed to the back of a drawer and i understand that so do you need a little bit of extra time to make sure that you can resolve the problem right and they go oh yeah 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 so they know that you've got you've picked up on an issue but you're supporting them to resolve it sure and and, and again that's positive conflict isn't it because you're saying what you need to say that standard needs to be better but you're giving them support and you're getting the resolution exactly what you want to happen yeah and i, I completely get what you what you say when you're talking to me about it yes you've got that foundation so when somebody comes in we're all human maybe sometimes we have yeah. you know something slipped through the net you're going to take that on more constructively and you're going to you know put your hands up yes sorry that was me or like you say oh you know do you need more time well that would be fantastic if we could do that yeah. you're going to take it on board whereas rather than otherwise it can be a bit like well she doesn't like me mm -hmm. well it's not necessarily that at all no no and you, your team won't feel cornered you know yeah. everybody is working in that trusting environment and that's why you know a robust culture is so important um you, you know that they're happy to have put the hand up and go oh yeah i noticed uh, you know i noticed that myself and that's on my my agenda tomorrow or on friday you know when i'm cleaning down the surgery for the weekend that was a job on my list so you know they've picked up on it anyway and they're going to be dealing with it and you just go fantastic brilliant and i guess it, it rolls into as well when you're talking about it's it, that that foundation of trust you're talking about is great for when you're giving feedback but i suppose it's it's with other things as well so if there is something that they've seen that has gone wrong if yeah. there's the, you know rather than the trust if there's a fear they're going to hide that whereas if there's the trust there they're going to come and say i've seen this and you know then again it's almost mitigating it so you know you can get that resolved before it you know escalates into something exactly. huge exactly and again you know if you have new team members coming into the business and they trust you they will come and ask you three four five times if they need that reinforcement they need that bit of extra support because there's no fear of repercussions you know and, and you'd rather and that exactly because again that's you know as i said if, if people can't talk to you in an open honest way and trust that you're going to support them they'll hide stuff then yeah. you end up with a massive problem on your hands further down the line. Yes, and I suppose as it goes down the line, it could be hidden more and more. So you've got absolutely no visibility until it's too late. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then you've got a big issue to have to resolve. So when I'm talking about resolving, it's doing it in the early stages, dealing things within the moment. Yes. So it doesn't build. It, it, it you know, it's not. It, it's not catalyzed with time because yeah. the beast grow very quickly if it's not nipped in the bud yeah absolutely which you know as well when we spoke about as you say this is all as i'm talking it through with you it all ties in so nicely so we've, we've spoken about regroup previously you know, obviously resolve this kind of it all interlinks 
Um, and where you've spoken about that in both of these, in both regroup and resolve, you've talk, talked about taking a you know kind of being firm and fair and consistent, so everybody knows where they are. Um, so in, in in that terms, when we've touched on it, how crucial it is. But is there anything you know, particularly at this time, why it's so crucial at the moment? Yes, I think taking a consistent approach as a leader, you're setting a precedent. And, and again, I said to, you know, about this in regroup, about as a leader, you are a yardstick in your business. You are the one that's setting expectations, actually setting the precedent. And once you've gained that trust, you resolved issues, people will follow you. They will follow you and they will know that no matter what conversation they come and have with you and whether it is an issue to be resolved, you'll be firm. Yeah, it, we, we need to get this sorted out. You're going to be fair. Um, thank you and raising that to me. Um, let's see what we can do to resolve it. And the consistent bit is that every team member knows when they come to you, they're going to get the same result. That yes. They're going to be supported. Yeah, there's no bias. Yeah, however, it works the other way as well, that if they don't meet your expectations, you'd be firm, fair and consistent about it as well. And that you have procedures in place in the business to deal with underperformance, capability issues, and you will use those procedures. They are there. They are tangible. Mm -hmm. So everybody keeps the standards where they need to be or they're aspiring to be bigger and better and drive that continuous improvement in the business. And again, you know, any CQC inspector, when they walk through the door or they phone you up, as the case may be at the moment, they yeah. want to see that you're driving that continuous improvement in your business. And it is all about quality assurance. So that firm, fair approach is about maintaining and driving better standards in your business. Everything just seems to feed it. So I was going to say, well, that's key to this and that's key to that. Everything feeds into this one kind of uh, you know, main goal. Absolutely. I would put those five R's in a circle because they just all, it just all goes in, in you know, it's like a wheel. They all sit yeah. together and roll together. You can't really separate them. No, there's no one that's more important than the other. But, no. but the, yeah, like you say, if you take that element of the wheel away, it won't turn, it won't work, no. so to speak. No. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Brilliant. Oh, fantastic. You know, and I think that again, that's it's more insights that has left me thinking that, oh, my goodness, I, I didn't know all of this. You know, when you kind of look at a header and you think, oh, well, I, yes, I know what that is. But, you know, when you dive into it a little bit deeper and look at what the actual, you know, what's the makeup of it? It's, you know, it's really interesting. Um, and again, on the, on the course, Amelia, the, the, the business certificate, uh, recovery certificate, which is the five R's of recovery, yes. um, I, I've written and delivered the resolve part of the course, as well as um, regroup and retrain. I, I really do handhold people who need the support to resolve issues in their business to do so. And, you know, there's downloadable resources, there's a workbook that you can fill in as you're going through the course. So you've got, you, you can retain the information. But the other great thing about our training platform is you have access to that learning for life. So once you buy into it, you can keep revisiting it. Because one of the things that I find is a problem and I wanted to resolve, 
was that a lot of training platforms that I've used previous, you know, historically as a business yeah. owner, they give you access to the course in the moment. And once you've got your certificate, you can't gain access to it again. Or you're given a certain yeah. time frame to do the course. We didn't want to do that. You know, I think if you've invested money in training, that should be yours forever. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you you bought and paid for and you've invested yeah. your time and energy into it. Exactly. So, you know, for me, you need to be able to go back and and review, revise and, and go over things because you can't take it all in. All no, in and I guess there's, there's some bits as well that you won't use, you won't need to use. And then further down the line, you do. Exactly. By which time, as humans, we do forget. You know, it's, yeah. we haven't used it, so that the skill hasn't gone, but it needs refreshing. So you can go back in onto the platform, and the way we've engineered it, Amelia, is there's the five R's to recovery, but within each of the five R's, there's three modules of twenty minutes. Right. So if we try to break it down, so if you would, you will know if you've done the course the first time exactly which module which lesson to go back into to then revise that piece of information nice bite-sized chunks is with that as well yeah really friendly actually yeah and where you've you spoken about it, it's it's seven hours but if you're breaking it down like that and plus when we're talking about it i'm really enthused by it so it's like we've we spoke about it previously as well it's not necessarily that hard work or i've got to go and do this to make sure i get my certificate you, you know it's something that's interesting and you want to learn um and you can just do it bit by bit uh, absolutely and i know for any any manager practice manager anybody who's in a management position time is scarce at the moment and yeah. there's so many people that i've spoken to who want to get some kind of practice management qualifications they've been looking at level fives level sevens i've done them and they're highly academic and when you've right. had a busy day at work the last thing you want to be doing is 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 studying and researching and things i was i mean years ago when i did mine i had two very small children so i'm studying at midnight you know turning the light off at one in the morning and then getting up for work the next day it was crazy so again the business certificate uh, as much as it's not going to give you a level five or a level seven it's a very practical course yeah that that a lot of practice managers I've, I've directed them to it and they've actually come back and said actually i've got i've got the soft skills i've got the practical skills that i needed to implement to make a change at work now but in the future um you know an academic course wouldn't have necessarily given me that i would have been good at writing an essay and a dissertation but would have actually been able to put it into practice so yeah. there's a big difference between the two yeah yeah it's nice to have skills that you can put into practice straight away and yeah, as a practice manager uh, and practice owner myself years ago, I still had problems with my soft skills because I couldn't implement what I'd learned because I didn't have the techniques. I was not yeah. as rich, but practically I was still very deficient and still yeah. learned through my mistakes. And that's, I think that's so true. I think that's something we, we can all identify with. It's, it's all very well and you can, you can, it's almost like you can learn something or you, you, you can learn something verbatim, word for word, but you have the true understanding of it, not necessarily. Yes, but again, inherently as human beings, sometimes we back down. 
you know, yes. we have limiting beliefs as we've talked before. So we'll back down and not deal with issues in practice. So what within Resolve, we give you techniques that you can use to tackle difficult team members, tackle right. issues that you might have backed away from previously. Um, it's very practical, very user friendly, and it is designed to help you resolve issues. And that, that's why we developed it in the way that we have to resolve the issue fully of, of not having those soft skills. And I felt that myself. So I've tried to implement a lot of practical stuff to overcome that problem as well. Yeah, great. So in you know, in terms of that, then we, our, our last one, I say our last one with you. So it's only, we're only going on to number three on our on our next episode, but it is with retrain because after that we're going to have uh, we're going to be speaking to Andy who's yes. who's doing the the um the remaining show. So um yeah, so in terms of stay tuned in for next the next uh, episode that we'll be sending out. Um, again, we'll be putting that out on social. It'll be on our media hub. Um, and I look forward to speaking to you in our next podcast, Nikki. Thank you very much for your time. Oh, no, thank you so much for having me on, Amelia. All right, speak to you soon. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.